And we're back. The second episode of the Duran Show. How's it going, everybody? Good evening. What's going on? It's great. How's it going? Everybody's back. We are not a one-hit wonder. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. Uh, Everybody's back from last time, and we do have a new face with us. Mitchell, how's it going? Good to have you here. Going good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, missed you last time, but excited, uh, excited to have you with us tonight. And we got a, we'll have a couple um, callbacks from last time in terms of topics or discussions or points that you've got a lot of good opinions. We wanted to, we just had to, we had to bring them back so you could put your two cents in. Um, well, I have a lot of opinions. I don't know if they're good, but. <laughs> uh, and that's why we all fit in so well. <laughs> Uh, why don't you give a little a quick intro, um, since you weren't here last time, uh, yeah. a little bit about yourself, how you yeah. kind of got into the hobby, how long you've been playing, what you're into right now, or any other highlights you think everybody should know. Well, uh, I'm Mitchell, obviously. Uh, I got into the game about the same time as Marcus, which, uh, listening to the recording from you guys, was about right. as the two towers, technically, although they were just transitioning to the Return of the King, if I remember right. Uh, so it's been since 2005, 2004, somewhere around there, I think. And uh, I've been playing consistently. Uh, we played really, really strong. About 2010, 2011, the hobby kind of died off a little bit. Uh, it transitioned to War of the Ring, which I switched over to that. Marcus kind of went off to college. And it was almost impossible to find a game from then on out. I kept occasionally going to like Games Workshop stores and asking around. Nobody played it was really hard to find people in washington to play uh it was basically marcus every once in a while when he could take a break from college uh i kept hobbying i kept buying models on ebay uh the hobbit uh, you know edition came out i never got into that really because i couldn't find anybody to play so i just kind of kept on painting occasionally and uh collecting models uh and then I joined uh, – the only Facebook group I really joined was the Lord of the Rings Miniature Rocks. And uh, about mid to early 2018, there was a lot of rumblings going on about the new edition coming out. And as it got closer and closer, it got really, really exciting. And a lot of people started posting and, like, jumping on. And then when the reveal came out of the starter box and everything like that and some of the rules that leaked – I got really excited, and I said this was the this was the opportunity. And as I kind of got excited, I kind of branched out a little bit. I found other groups, and that's where I actually found one of the Seattle guys uh, on a map on the American Strategy League, on the and uh, kind of met up with him. We played a couple games, and then uh, I talked to Marcus. That's you know the di- new additions coming out, you know, and he got back into it, and then. We kind of just started building a community there. We roped Matt into it somehow, and now we've roped Mark Myers in. So <laughs> yep. it's been a it's been a fun journey since uh, 2018. It's been really exciting. The web of ensnarement grows. Yeah, awesome. it's been really fun. That's pretty cool that, though, dude. So you never really took a break except when you couldn't find games. So you were yeah. in the hobby the whole time. I didn't. Yeah, realize from that. from 2012 to 2018, I never found a game other than Marcus uh that was pretty much it i like how he says that like you don't count marcus like <laughs> marcus. like well, that wasn't a real game. Was it. Yeah. nothing that it, challenged me we had an expedition <laughs> we had ex- exhibition games but that was that was it yeah and they were like once a year maybe like occasionally bring them out mostly it was fun because i i kept like uh scouring ebay and stuff like that and finding deals and just kept 
building my hoard a little bit and I never I didn't paint that much because I honestly I hate painting but uh since everybody's joining and all the excitement I kind of don't want to be the only guy that doesn't paint armies so now I've kind of gotten my motivation to paint <laughs> peer pressure <laughs> you know something uh, this is totally random Mitchell but you know something we've talked about briefly before is how much different that weird time period between the war of the ring and the hobbit would have been if we would have found all of the Seattle based players sooner because everybody yeah. was still playing, but nobody was really connected to that central Facebook group. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. We found that out over the last year as people started joining because Marcus and I built a Facebook group and over the last year, more and more people have joined and are like, they keep having the same story I did. And Marcus had is like, Oh yeah, I've been playing for years. I just can't find anybody. So it's been amazing kind of meeting these people who have been in it for a while. Fantastic. We well, some, since we got some new stuff coming up, though, right, with the Instagram account and everything. Oh yep. yeah, we've been posting like crazy to try and catch up. So our, I think our unofficial goal will be whatever we talk about on the podcast for sure, we'll get it up on the Instagram. It's the Duran at the Duran Show. Um, we'll we'll have those pictures posted, and then. With all the projects that are going right on right now, you guys are doing a really awesome job of of publishing your work in process or your actual finished projects. I was gonna say I saw some pretty sweet display cases, uh, so I've been inspired because I kind of just have my models chilling up on a shelf, and so I think my next project will be uh, a small display case. So it kind of protects them, and then also helps you know makes it look cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, 90% of the uh, posts and updates will be Matt because he paints like 90 models a day. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I heard the funniest thing the other night, Matt. <laughs> somebody made a comment. <laughs> and this is, I'm going to try and do this quote justice. Right. What did Matt do before Lord of the Rings? Because seriously, I'm worried that we are stopping him from like curing cancer or something. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, it just it made me laugh. Either that or you only sleep like 30 minutes a night. I don't know how your production stays so high. <laughs> yeah, it's inspiring. It's, uh, it's, it's really fallen off lately. Yeah, you're only down to like 14 models a day. Pathetic. Uh, all right, well, this is awesome I've been intro. working on the same nine models. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into our first, our first topic, uh, first segment of the night. It's going to be Mustering the Rohirrim, our army review. I'm in your base, killing your dudes. So tonight, it's actually going to be a really new topic, I think. Helm, it's going to be a review specifically of the model Helm Hammerhand and the armies that you can take them in. So I don't remember how long ago Warren Rohan came out, the supplemental edition. I still have yet to see the model on a table. I think that's mostly due to the fact that we can't really play a lot of games right now. But um, it's, I think it's going to be a lot of good content. We have a lot of uh, different opinions from what it sounds like. So I'm excited to hear what you guys think. But to start it off, maybe I'll just do a quick overview of what we're going to cover, and then let's jump right in, uh, see who wants to take a first stab at kind of sharing their opinions. But we'll start off, we'll do a basic profile review. I can just do a quick rundown of the stats. Um, 
then we'll I do. Actually, I had a quick question for you, Marcus, uh, before yeah, we jump into it. that. So I'm looking for him in the basic rule book. Now these new characters coming out, do they have, is this all online? You guys are finding profiles or is there another book? Well, that's a really good question. So the, what do they call these? The supplement, the supplemental the supplements. books? Yeah. It's the supplements. So Myers, there's the core rule book. There's the core army book. Then there's the Hobbit army book, right? Then every yeah. supplement usually introduces a new model or character with their profile. And it may be a couple legendary legions. So the War in Rohan supplement is its own book. Obviously you can do paperback or digital. Okay. And then within that book, uh, you'll see the the profile for Helm Hammerhand. Do you do you have the War in Rohan? I no, I just have the basic rule, the Hobbit book, and then the uh the normal Lord of the Rings hero list. I don't have the legendary legions or anything like that yet. Oh, so this will be the first time you're seeing this profile then. That'd be cool. Yes. Good perspective. Something else to take and consider. I know you, all of us kind of play competitively in like open play and stuff like that, but they're also with these supplements, they introduce a lot of scenarios and theme base that take you through the movies, which is really, really cool that I'd love to do. I know a lot of people that want to run through like the 28 scenarios from Gondor at war. And now all the war and Rohan scenarios could take you battle by battle, which would be really fun. Yeah, we'll have to come back and cover that at some point because there is a lot of sweet scenarios here. Um, but uh, so, okay, let's get back to the army list. It's going to be basically this this hero profile combined in different army builds. And that'll be at what point level do you think it will really succeed? What army list did you kind of come up with? With what supporting cast? Uh, are there any glaring strengths or weaknesses? Uh, are there any unique alliances that could work? And are there any comparable... Uh, models. No, Rohan has, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, Rohan, I think, has some of the most unique heroes in that they have a lot of named characters, but they have a lot of named characters that can't play with each other, which is interesting. And we'll, we'll talk more about that later, but... Um, that they, It's hard to include all of them because there's so many of them. So you have kind of... Every list kind of, in a way, is unique. Right. Yeah, because so, I think there's only two characters that are restricted, and that's Helm Hammerhand and Earl the Young. Earl the Young isn't restricted, though. He is. He's everybody kind yeah, of compares. He, he's the same yeah, as he Helm, is. but he's he's not. No, yeah, he is because you can't have any other named Rohan heroes in there with him. Yes, you can. You just lose your army bonus. Well, okay then. <laughs> But but, but, it, but, last, it, <laughs> but there 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 is a difference though because Helm says Hold you on, cannot legally out here. You cannot <laughs> use any other named Rohan hero. But Earl just says if you include any other named hero, you lose your army bonus. All right. Okay. So it's, it's not it's not thematic by right, any means, but I'm sure there'll be a no. But I mean that, that's that's a fair point because it basically takes you down to a yellow. So that's that's valid. So what is the Rohan bonus? Is that I'm assuming it's cavalry with throwing spears, or what is the archers on cavalry? Plus one strength on a turn in which you charge. And also, this is mixed in with the army bonus in several legendary legions, but not all. Riders of Rohan don't count towards your bow limit. Oh, nice. That's actually a pretty hefty army bonus. So I would say Riders of Rohan is not what I'd call an army bonus, but it's if you take the standard Rohan army, that's a rule that goes with it outside of the army bonus. And that's found in some of the legendary legions, but not all of them. Okay. So I get, yeah, it's just a gamble whether you're willing to give that up to have a, a beast hero or not. Yeah. 
Well, and I'm excited to see what you guys think. But speaking of beast profiles, let's go through the profile really quick, and then let's jump right into your ideas of what you pair him with and how you really capitalize on on his profile. Because this is for 165 or 175 points, depending on how you take him. This might be, I think, one of the coolest profiles in the entire game. Oh yeah, and and the most expensive Rohan profile, right? Yeah. I Mitchell would have to correct me on that one. I think uh, by yes, 65 yes, yes. points. Okay. Uh, yeah, Aomir would be 115, <laughs> and he would be the next closest. So it would be gambling with a banner. So 115 is your comparable. So 60 points okay, difference. Cool. cool. All right, go ahead, Marcus. I'm going to interrupt you like eight more times. <laughs> I love it. We'll start the counter. Uh, okay, so he is a hero of legend, which that's obviously incredible because that gives you the free stand fast the first free, your first and fast is free, and you can obviously bring the most amount of troops with you. He is 165 points base, and he can take a horse as an additional wear gear. So realistically, he's going to be 175 points all, at all times. Uh, he comes with a two-handed sword and the horn of ha- uh, hammerhand. The horn of hammerhand is just a war horn, and it also, uh, in a turn in which he charges into combat, it makes Helm Hammerhand terrifying until the end of that turn. So that's so crazy. Can we take a, a a stop right there just to now and analyze that? Is if he has a Warhorn that essentially makes him Courage seven, uh, and then if you include him with the Rohan army list, that's Strength six on the charge. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's go through that. So he's got a base base fight value of five, which is pretty typical for all Rohan heroes. Um, he's got, and this is the crazy part. He has got the Strength 5, which is the highest of any Rohan model. Base Strength 5. He's got Defense 7. He's got that big 3 attacks, 3 wounds, Courage 6. And then for Might, Will, Fate, he's got 3 Might, 3 Will, 1 Fate. So incredibly beefy. The crazy thing about, so his Strength 5, his Wear Gear with a two-handed sword, he's also got Burly as a special rule. So he's a Burly Strength 5 leader with a two-handed weapon. Um, Killing D6 riders. on threes, if you take him in a classic list, is just insane, by the way. Yeah, I, the ridiculous killing power right there. Yeah, it's oh, it's unreal. And as Mitchell said, if you take him on a, in the actual Rohan list, that's killing defense six people on twos. Threes, right? Well, with the two-handed weapon. Nope, yep, you're right. Never mind. Yeah. And, I'll take that. And then... Uh, for later, we'll just save this for when we talk to the Valar about things that need to be changed. But it's interesting that his horn was less effective back in the day than when Oaken Brand picked it up. <laughs> hey, like a fine wine, it gets better with time. Lost some of the mojo. <laughs> you know, legends. No, but I mean, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm picking up on a joke that I saw in the GBHL. But I mean, it's almost thematic, right? Because when Helm had the horn, it was just a horn. But later in Legend, it's like a legendary horn. So it's kind of thematic that it's better. So I'm going to yeah. move on with that little it's rabbit got trail. got some legendary lips right there. <laughs> <laughs> the power of puckering. It's going to take us like two hours just to get through this profile. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, let me rattle off these last couple rules and let's get into the, the, the analysis here. So for heroic actions, he's got... Uh, a ton. He's got heroic resolve. He's got heroic strike, heroic strength, heroic defense, and heroic challenge. 
He's got two special rules in addition to the Burly Expert Rider Horse Lord. He's got something called Inspiring Presence. Uh, friendly Rohan Warrior models within six inches of helm add a bonus of plus one to their fight value. So, Mitchell, That's Matt, you'll have to correct me. That sounds like the Theoden special rule, right? The Legendary uh, Legion? Well, no, that one only includes riders and captains on cavalry. This includes and foot royal, soldiers. And Royal Guard, yeah, but they have to be right. mounted. And I believe it's only on the charge. Uh, only mounted and on the charge. This is all times, and it's just Rohan warriors, which includes cavalry and foot soldiers. So this is way So better. this is massive. This is this awesome. Is, this is immensely better. There's no charge oh, needed. This is, Basically, this, this is makes... The Boromir. This is the Boromir banner. Yeah, exactly. And it makes all Royal Guard fight five straight up, all warriors fight four straight up. Wow. That's, yeah, that's impressive. Your Sons of Earl also, if you take them, but I don't see you taking them. And this is a special rule. I don't know if it'll get used a lot, but it just sounds cool. It's called the Hammer Hand. Helm may choose to fight with his fists instead of his sword, in which case he may use the Bash special rule, Strike. Uh, and additionally, Helm never counts as unarmed. Um, which that's actually key because he's only got one sword in his war gear so mm -hmm. should somebody get the lucky shatter off that's pretty slick yeah yeah good it's a good backup for sure well we were ta we'll talk about this in a little bit but it's like he got weapon master with two special rules burly and this never be unarmed mm -hmm. that's cool yeah yeah uh okay and then the last two caveats this is oh this is the sucky part so well not this one so helm may be taken as part of the regular rohan army list and then it says, additionally, if your force contains Helm, Hammerhand, it may not include any other named hero model from the Rohan army list. Also, if your army includes Helm, Hammerhand, then every alliance will be impossible allies. So this is the restriction we were kind of referencing earlier. Um, if, if you take him, you're taking only generic unnamed models in your list. And you can't right. really... And most... most gaming events won't allow impossible allies so in that case you're basically stuck with a pure rohan army basically he's going to be your guy that does everything else and you have enough that can do just enough to win it yeah. now that that rule that bumps yeah. all their fight i don't lines. mean to fact check you though but i mean that's a recent trend in the red alliances being banned i mean there's that's a, for the last year red alliances actually made it pretty far into the meta so is that are you guys seeing that be banned lately? I see that in local tournaments. I don't see it in grand tournaments like uh, Articon, uh, Adepticon, or Nova. Uh, red alliances were not restricted. But in local tournaments around here, we've restricted red alliances. Oh, that's a good call. Which I, I like restricting it way better. I personally don't like seeing the red alliances, but that's because they usually beat me. Well, get the get the creative juices I, started now. Yeah. I would curious to hear if or to hear if you guys had come up with a impossible allowance alliance that makes a lot of sense I really it was them, but... it, it was the one that won uh articon honestly but now since the faq it doesn't work but that was goblin town mixed with a spider queen mixed with a shade no no no, no. specifically related to helm hammerhand oh like, is there specifically alliances oh yeah. okay but okay so one last one last caveat. So this profile is weird because one. you can yeah. you can take him as just the hero that we just read off in the Rohan list, or there's a special legendary legion that gives him two unreal additional rules. And this is 
I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts because if you take him as part of the Rohan list, he doesn't get these rules. If you take him as part of the Legendary Legion, he does get these special rules. And those are the King of Rohan. Uh, Helm ha- so in the Legendary Legion, Helm's Guard, Helm Hammerhand gains the Mighty Hero special rule. Additionally, Helm Hammerhand may declare a hero at combat each turn without spending a point of might. Ridiculous. Holy so let's cow. break that down. <laughs> yeah, let's break that down. So You're Aragorn calling a heroic move and a heroic combat every turn without losing might. Talk for free. about a killer. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and let's be specific here. So, what is it? The mighty hero special rule makes it so that you may expend a point of might any turn for free. So he can call any one of his heroic actions or the basic heroic actions for free, and he gets that combat every single turn. Or buff a dice roll. Or buff a dice roll. It's it's unreal. Yeah. That's, Aragorn's, yeah. that's Aragorn's rule. I don't know any other model except Aragorn that comes with it as a base stat. Yeah, uh, I think Bog can get it after he kills 10 people, but that's the only other one I know that has access to it. Yep. And Bog never kills 10 people, so... Uh, yeah, and then the additionally, Helm Hammerhand may declare a hero combat each turn without spending a point of might. That's like Elendil. That's like the Belrog. There's not many models that do that. It's basically Aragorn and Elendil combined. That's a good comparison. Yeah, and, it, and throw on top of it, he's on a horse with strength five with this two-handed sword. So uh, that is... And he's got Boromir's banner. Yeah. <laughs> he's got Boromir's banner for 175 points, people. So, I'm assuming that's why they gave him one fate then, just to kind of, other than that, it's the only thing I hear kind of hurting him. I'd kind of play yeah. a little bit also conservative that, with that, but. This is yeah. what happens when you leave your profile book open next to a blender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay, so that's the profile. Let's get into talking about how you guys envision taking this model. Because again, the, the Warren Rohan supplement hasn't been out for that long. We haven't had a chance to really see the model uh, on the tabletops yet. So as a kind of preview for what you expect to see, or in the case of Matt, what he's actually building right now, he's he's building this Rohan army or just finished it. Um, what point level do you want to see him at? What supporting cast do you want to take with him? And what do you think the downfalls or just uh, super strengths are going to be for this model? Um, well, first, don't let's talk about much. one thing on that. Let's talk about if you take him in the Rohan Legion, and I, I think we talked about this before we went on air, you get the Rohan bonus, which is twofold. You get, well, no, we talked about it on the show. You get the bow limit for your riders, and you get the, the uh, plus one strength on the charge. And his legendary legion doesn't have either of those, correct? Correct. Correct. So you're clearly choosing, do you want the buff on the charge and do you want bows on horses? Or do you want to go with the more typical legendary legion of which you also get spear supports in the defenders of the Southburg rule, which I don't know that we highlighted. But that's pretty big. If Rohan yeah. can spear support each other, then that changes the dynamic a lot. And they're all fight for. Do me a favor yes. and quickly explain that on the on air, Matt. The because if we're comparing bonuses, we should we should include all of them. What's it? Defend the Southburg. Yeah, Southburg. However you pronounce that, I probably butchered it. But so, um, from a basic perspective, if you've got regular spears, a model with the same base size or bigger can support a model that's in combat, even though the model with the spear isn't actually touching the combat. He can just add his attack, one attack, and his fight value to it. 
Now, throwing spears don't count for that because they're throwing spears. They don't work that way. But the Rohan Legendary Legion bonus, Helm's Guard, lets you use a throwing spear as a normal spear if you didn't shoot with it in the same turn. So you basically can decide, do you want to use it as a throwing weapon or do you want to use it as a regular spear, which is pretty pretty good. I, I've, I've tested that out in Thadred's Guard, and it is absolutely amazing. Insane. Well, it got second at the yeah. big GT. Yeah. Uh, Jake, Jake Claire ran um, one of these legendary legions that took advantage of the throwing spears, I'm pretty sure. Was it the Defenders Hopefully. of Helm's Deep? Yeah. 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 No, I, I agree wrong, with but... I agree with Mitchell. It, it's it's huge. You don't realize how much it... differently people play Rohan because they don't have spears, and when you add that element in, it really makes them cool. Yeah. So who wants to take a stab first? I actually only built one list. Um, I don't know if anybody else built multiple lists or had a strong preference about what no. size of battle they were thinking about playing. Who wants to start us off? I didn't build got, a list. I've got one ready to go, so if you want me to lead us off, I can. But Let's do Matt, Mitchell, and then Myers. You obviously don't have the book, so I guess you're just kind of listening and chiming in on this, and then we can do my list last. Okay, sounds okay. good. So just from a thematic perspective, I like the Legendary Legion, so I'm going all in on Helm's Guard. Um, so I built this list at 800 points, and for conversation starters, I think Helm can be very competitive at 800 points or less. I think he loses. I mean, as you're getting above 700, it starts to become questionable. I wouldn't ever build him at more than 800. That's just me. So here is the list I've got, keeping in mind that the, the uh, Riders of Rohan count against the bow limit in this Legendary Legion. So... 800 points on the bubble, 12 bows, 40 warriors. Uh, and let's see, one, two, three, three heroes. So right off the bat, you got the man, the myth, the legend, Helm Hammerhand on horse. He's leading six riders of Rohan, six royal guard on horse with throwing spears. Back up, the Riders of Rohan all have throwing spears as well. He's got three Warriors of Warhand, three Warriors of Rohan <laughs> with armor, shield, and sword. And he's got three uh, Warriors of Rohan with shield, sword, and throwing spears. Wow. Then Warband number two is Captain of Rohan on a horse uh, with throwing spears. He's leading four riders with throwing spears. And he's got eight warriors of Rohan with shield, sword, and throwing spears. Warband number three, captain of Rohan on foot with heavy armor and axe. He's leading uh, two riders of Rohan with throwing spears. One warrior of Rohan with banner, shield, sword, and throwing spears. Four warriors of Rohan with armor, shield, sword, and throwing spear. And three warriors of Rohan with shield and sword. Rounds out at 800 points even. 43 total models. I uh, believe that works out to uh, a legendary hero who's got three might base 
potential for two free per turn, and then four other points of might on the captains. Who also have March? Because Helm doesn't have have March. He does not. So your base warriors, with a force this small, you're likely having 80% of your force base fight four. The captains will remain right where they are, because I don't think Helm's bubble impacts a hero. Um, Warrior. And then your your royal guard are fight five all the time. So I was trying to count as you were saying this, but I, I lost count. Could you give us a quick highlight on how many mounted warrior models you have and then how many throwing spears total? Okay, so excluding the heroes, let's see, there is six, 12 in the first warband mounts. There is four in the second one, so there's 16. And then there is two. So there's 18 mounted warriors. And then as, far as th- then as far as throwing spears, we've got four, 12, let's see, 20, 24, 28, 29, 31. So there's 31 warriors with throwing spears and then uh, one hero with throwing spears. Wow. <laughs> so you're, there's a lot of things I'm thinking right there. So the Corsairs obviously is like the infamous army that everybody could have throwing weapons. So you're basically matching them for the amount of throwing weapons. You have a way higher model count than the traditional like all mounted Rohan. All mounted, you'd be at least like 10 or 13 models fewer, I think. Um, uh, and oh, and sorry, how many bows? So just so obviously throwing web throwing spears have an eight inch range, range right? Correct. Right. So, so it's just the riders of Rohan with the bows. So if I remember correctly, I had six, four, and two. Twelve. 12. So you have 12 shots. If, if you're facing something with a little bit of artillery to come back, you can rush forward and then pepper them. Um, Correct. And I was tempted to bring the King to bring a couple Kings huntsmen in here in place of the captain. Um, But I think we talked about this on the last archery. You got uh, the last episode, you you know, my theory on good archery enough shots to do something funky if the need arises, but I'm never going to build a good army around archery. Yeah. All right, Mitchell, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that list? Well, um, it has obvious uh, scary killing potential. Um, Rohan has that, uh, if they get the charges off, if they get everything rolling for them, they just roll over anything. I think it has the same problems as almost every Rohan list has, which is a linchpin, which is everything evolves around uh, their leader. So for the Theodrids or uh, Theoden's uh, riders, it's around Theoden. For the same thing for on Helm. So Helm's your target. How can you neutralize Helm? Um, just pulling it up really quick on Helm. Uh, I noticed that his fight ability that gives uh, everything else is passive, so that's good. Um, so he, gi- he gives his bonus even if he's magicked out. 
So that's really good. But that's one thing I would worry about him is you have your burly killer who's giving two might per turn being magicked out. But other than that, I mean, 31 throwing spears is absolutely ridiculously insane. 18 cavalry. You have the numbers. You're above 43 on 800 points. You have the scary hero of legend. Um, you have mobility. It's crazy. Well, and I want to I wanna push pause right there. So the idea of magic. Let's talk about this. So what's what's the epitome of uh, evil magic army, right? Angmar, a terrifying horde of orcs, probably pretty high model count with lots of spellcasters. So yeah, Helm only has three will. But the one thing that I just was, I was reading the profiles you're talking, I forgot about the Warhorn. So even though Matt's only got a handful of Royal Guards who have the bodyguard rule and could be fearless, all of your base troops are going to counteract that Harbinger of Evil special rule. Yeah. And all of your captains, even more so because your captains are going to have to be doing stand fast at some point, right, at the end of the game, because you're not going to win every single priority and heroic move off. Your captains are going to have to be relied on for a stand fast here and there. And with the Warhorn, your captains would go up to Courage 5, right, I believe? Yes. Um, or even even counteracting that harbinger evil so not a not a total washover because even if even if helm gets immobilized for an extended duration of time the amount of throwing spears you have yeah could really help you fight back and with the fact that you have that warhorn the likelihood of stalling out on failing a lot of courage tests and getting choked and bottlenecked and not being able to use your throwing weapons is really mitigated by that warhorn I think I think also the key is his inspiring presence special rule, which is give the plus one fight is passive. That's the same thing I do with Earl is Earl does not have to be the best on the battlefield. He just has to be close and he makes his yes. guys better. And that's what is key is even when Earl is immobilized every single turn, which happens, he still makes his sons of Earl absolutely insanely deadly, which I think is key for Helm's guard is he's still giving the fight value to everybody around him so absolutely agree i kind of made a i went to uh, nova last year and then played another tournament in portland and had an armies just shut down by magic and i told myself i wouldn't play armies that were that susceptible i don't think this is because of the factors you guys already said yeah um and the fact that one other thing that kind of gl gets glossed over but he's got the dane rule if he charges he's fearless I feel like if you're playing a typical Angmar army, oh, they not, rely not on... Terrifying, right? Terrifying, charges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. That's what I meant to say. He's terrifying. So if you're playing a typical Angmar build-out, they're going to need to conserve their might for heroic combats and shenanigans to get Gullivar, the Witch King, across the line into your heroes. You can outmight them on the heroic moves, doing that basically for free every turn. If you are winning the moves it is very hard to gang up on uh, Helm with what courage to orc space. Something mm -hmm. I noticed is that the horn is actually an active power. So if he's immobilized, the war horn goes away and so does the terror. Just, just throwing that oh, out there. Oh, really? So yeah. is that, oh, I didn't know that. That's, that's, that's big. Just throwing that, that out kind there. of shoots my theory a little bit on that, but I yeah. Off to ponder it, but yeah. So, it, so if he gets the charge off, and it says he causes terror the rest of the time, and he then gets transfixed in the subsequent player's move, 
that ability goes away? Yeah, he doesn't cause terror anymore. Oh, all right. Well, it's a it's a bump in the road, but I, I still think this army's doable, but that definitely is a, a good point. Keep going, because actually, I have to double-check that. I, I have totally forgotten that rule. Is that so yeah, transfix it's, it's, can immobilize? Yeah, transfix, immobilize, command, compel. Is It it deactivates all active abilities. And Horn Hammerhand, the horn, says, this is a war horn. Yeah. Additionally, when Helm Hammerhand charges into combat, he causes terror until the end of the turn, which is all included in that active ability. Yeah, so call out, Mitch. So hold on. So is the Warhorn deactivated as well? The Warhorn yes. is a static effect. Something to question. It's included into that uh, profile, which is this is a yeah, Warhorn. That's all cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's it. It says active at the top. Yeah. And you're right. So yeah. any any of the transfix or mobilize, it negates you from shooting, casting magical powers, declaring heroic actions, calling standfast, or using active abilities. Oof. Yeah, that's pretty so, big. That 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 definitely hurts, but I still don't think it's a it's a deal breaker. Yeah, because the fight value I think is the biggest thing. So you're still making your guys really really good. I would just take a host of royal guard, honestly. Yeah. And is that a three inch bubble or is that a six inch bubble? Like, or I mean, a six or twelve inch bubble? Six. Okay, nice. So that I guess that's a a good analysis of what happens if you're against that super magic-y Angmar list. Let's shake it up a little bit. Because the one thing that I think Rohan traditionally had the huge advantage on is when they got that strength, the, the plus one strength on the charge. Um, and what, specifically what I mean by that is when you have a large cavalry force and you're playing a high defensive army, so let's take the typical rider of Rohan is strength three, the typical Moran and Orc is going to be defense six. You're going to need sixes to wound. So even if you get the combat win, you knock them over, double strikes. It's not guaranteed that you're going to get that six. It's actually, you know, I don't know what the actual odds are, but it's it happens more oftentimes than not that you're not going to be killing models consistently. But with the regular army bonus, you get that plus one. It takes that six down to a five, and now you're killing them almost all of the time. So in the legendary legion mat you forego that bonus on the charge how do you see that playing out are you are you worried are you basically thinking that the throwing spears are going to counteract any lost effectiveness on that charge because 18 is going to be tough to keep them all in combat um i think a lot of them will have to be like tacticians right yeah i think it's I think you're going to play it a lot differently than you do a typical Rohan list. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, Helm is Helm is the spear's head, and that's going to be a gut move. But if you're playing magic, you're going to be a little more conservative just to make sure it doesn't get stalled out. Um, but then you're going to have a line of foot warriors, and you're going to have your cavalry skirting the edges. I would say playing it almost like you see a serpent horde uh, cavalry infantry list playing with without the magic obviously but um you know because typical rohan you you charge everything in you call heroic moves and you just try and punch right through the gut i think this is a form of battle line and pick your fights with the horses very strategically mm -hmm. around the edges and helm just guts the middle yeah i don't mean to compare a lot but i play earl the young a lot so i'm just like comparing the differences i see a lot of similarities for obvious reasons is the might return uh the resolve 
to kind of protect. But the main differences I'm seeing right now is uh, you want Helm to be in combat. I didn't necessarily always want Earl to be in combat, which I think is a main difference. So magic to me is a little more scary against Helm than it is against Earl. But obviously Earl doesn't have the same killing power that Helm does. So this is another thing that I have not seen in a typical fighty army. So with Helm having the mighty hero plus the free heroic combat, what do you guys think about the idea? I never see heroic resolve get called, but I mm. think this opens it up for the very first time for someone to become, I mean, a mass heroic resolver. I was I, literally reading that heroic action right now because I was thinking the same thing. I, I did like, it. Oh man, with the free point. Yeah, I did it with it Earl, actually. I played it. I played Earl against Angmar. So for obvious reasons, I was popping uh, resolves with him every turn with that mighty hero, getting a few might points back. Um, so I actually was. and Because like I said, Earl doesn't have to be in combat. So I was using resolve quite a lot with Earl. So, and let's do a quick a quick refresher. The heroic resolve, it's where it's a heroic action. If you call it, the hero that's calling it can't be in combat. He basically has to stay put. And then all friendly models within six inches get the resistant to magic uh, special rule, which is they get a bonus dice to roll for, to, to resist spells. Um, it's not a heroic action I see. Uh, like It's very rarely used. But I think it's very rarely used because the models that have it typically have to spend their, their might elsewhere. Um, and they want to be in combat, correct? Yeah, and so, I mean, shoot, if you're, if you're surrounded by your bodyguard of Fight 5 Rohan Royal Guards, maybe it's worth it. For a Sorceress Blast counter... What's the one that just absolutely wrecks a lot of traditional um, warrior men profiles? It's the instill fear where everybody is going to be running away. Mm-hmm. Like that could be huge. But good points, I think. I think this is great. A great dissection. Okay, so that's the legendary legion version, Matt. It, I, I'm honestly I'm shocked that you got so many models in there. That's actually pretty scary. I was expecting somewhere in the realm of 35. So that's that's unreal. Um, Mitchell, what what did you come up with in terms of a list? I actually, uh, I did not officially build one. I had one in my head and I kind of worked out the math in my head, uh, but I haven't, uh, I haven't perfected it. But it basically was an impossible alliance. So there's what you were going for. And I'll that was... Uh, Helm Hammerhand, about 10 Royal Guard uh, on horse with throwing spears, about mm-hmm. four uh, – this is where I was coming up with like the differences. Did I want to go four Riders of Rohan with throwing spears, or did I want to go a, uh, as many foot soldiers as possible with throwing spears? And then the Impossible Alliance was uh, Gladrial Lady of Light. Wait, with – so what point level is this at really quick? Uh, this is at uh, 600 points. Sorry. Okay, so 600 points. Hey, you threw me off. I was expecting. Where's the other 200 points? You're, no, you're, no, that's you're, good. you're like uh, you're at 20 models, I believe, at 600 points, and you have uh, about 14 of those are mounted, if I remember right. So I was doing like the rough math, but that's kind of the idea I was going for. Yeah, ballpark. And so you you're make... going to be a super yeah. elite 600 point list, and you're yeah. you're pulling in the Lady of Light, who 
obviously has the fortify spirit and you're going to be using that on helm to basically give him the, the super magic resistance right and she's got blinding light too so you would text your cavalry yeah. yeah you wouldn't be too worried about um a shooting list or having your elite army get dehorsed oh that's interesting okay yeah. And I like that you took all all Rohan Royal Guards. I want you to talk about that a little bit too. Uh, just because he always gives that plus one fight. So you obviously want to make the most of that when you have an elite list. So I'm just going max Royal Guard. And then I didn't want to go too low on the model count. So I was making sure he's a hero legend. I was filling out all 18. So just to get that max model count. Yeah, no, I love the I love the use of the the elite troops in that list, Mitchell really fast low hero count obviously low might count but your two heroes there pack a crazy punch and oh, yeah. are almost immune because helm has the two free points of might basically a turn so you're kind of making up for your lost might there that's on a, only in the oh, legendary legion that's only in good the call out myers yeah. yeah so let's actually talk about that because i was assuming the legendary legion as well so you can't ally different armies into a legendary legion. So Helm in this version doesn't have mighty hero and he doesn't have the free hero combat. So you're stuck at six points of might. Right. Uh, that changes my opinion of this list. And you're, and you're not getting the plus strength on the charge. No, you're not. So it, it was a rough idea. It was kind of like a idea I had for, I do this a lot is like for Durin, I run Durin a lot. Is Durin susceptible to magic? It's so frustrating. So when I see a hero that's so powerful and obviously a target for magic, I want to protect him with Lady of Light. Uh, yeah, looking at it, I can see a lot of flaws with this list. So I probably wouldn't do it, honestly, now that we're saying it out loud. So can what would happen? Any of the restrictions on impossible alliances, because they FAQ'd it so many times I lost track. So. Your stand fast, your banners don't work, you lose your army bonus, um, you break separately. What else? I think that's it. Okay. I don't think, I think they changed it to you do not break separately anymore because people were taking the shade as a one drop and you could never lose the shade on a courage test. So now you break as a whole or. army. It's either oh, or. Maybe, maybe that's it. Yeah. Whichever comes first Correct. type deal. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So what were to happen if instead of trying to have someone in your army that protects that hero, what if you went towards like a ballista or some kind of heavy artillery that could target their spellcaster? Would that still have the same outcome? Are you still doing an impossible alliance if you go for like a, I don't know, you'd say a trebuchet or something like that? I think you would be still in that impossible alliance world myers but that's a really cool point if you build so similar to kind of what matt did he had so much throwing weapon or shooting power it's going to cause an opponent's spellcaster to be very hesitant uh, and i know good you can't always shoot after combat really starts so that's where the throwing weapons come in if you yeah. basically build an army where the enemy is always going to be scared to get within range to do something that in and of itself could be a good counter. It's going to definitely make him think before he just throws the spellcaster out there because he's going to end up losing it, and that's, that's the turning point. I think that's one of their main weaknesses that I can see from here. 
That's the basis of my entire last list. Um, Mitchell, my list was actually really, really close to yours. I ran, so this was, let me pull it up here really quick. It was the Legendary Legion version, because I, I just love the idea of having those crazy special rules. But it was Helm with the necessary amount of captains and all rider, all mounted Rohan Royal Guards with throwing spears. So what are my model counts here? So I came up with two cap, no, three captains. This is an 800 point list. So it's three captains on horse. Uh, one of them does not have throwing spears. The other two do have throwing spears, fully kitted captains. What I mean by that is the heavy armor upgrade, the shield upgrade, the throwing spear upgrade, the horse upgrade, and then helm on horse. So there's a total of four heroes and then 25 Rohan Royal Guards all mounted. It's a lot of might. So, and, and this is what I was thinking. And it's, I guess maybe it always sounds worse because you hear something that sounds better. Um, the downside at first was no shooting. So I'm going to be very susceptible to an army that has the ability to shoot with a mounted army, obviously I don't want to lose my cavalry, but my assumption was I have three captains that could spend might to march to minimize the amount of shooting that actually happens until I get into throwing weapon range. And then the enemy has to be worried about me shooting at them, not the other way around. Very low model count, but my thought process, similar to what Matt said, is Helm is going to be the grenade that just gets launched into the closest enemy and everybody follows him so maybe the model count doesn't matter maybe you have to play this really similar to a all hero army where you have to be really careful about how you engage and where you engage and you're never engaging all of your models at once um the rohan royal guard obviously would be fight five so i thought having a fight five army within that six inch bubble obviously would give me the opportunity to make up for the lost uh, plus one strength on the charge from the regular army. So maybe I don't kill as many, but I'm not going to be losing as many fights. And then obviously uh, just a ton of might. Three captains, that's six points of might there, plus Helm getting his two per turn, plus his base three. So this is a glass cannon for sure, but if they get to combat relatively unscathed, I think the Holy killing cow. power killing power could be crazy because you could have four hero combats going off for the first couple turns, potentially. At fight four, though, that's the only thing I'm worried about. Well, fight five around Helm. So the, the thought process would be I'd have to be very careful to keep the combats in range of him just to give me that bonus. Unless I'm going against Orcs, the it doesn't really matter. The captains don't get the bonus though, so you'd have to have two. You have to get a royal guard in there to get the fight five. Oh yeah, that's true. Correct. So the captains would basically be, um, they wouldn't be normal leaders, I guess. I, I just view them as almost like the supply train. They're bringing the might and they're bringing the warriors, but they're not going to be able to do much. Mm. Um, they have a higher strength, but the only thing I love the list. I think it's great. Fearless, uh, throwing spears. Earl, lots of might. It's great. The only thing I worry about uh, is the six-inch range of uh, Helm is 
can you spread that across an entire battlefield of 20, 30, you said 29 cavalry? 29 cavalry, yep. Yeah, so that's the only thing I'd worry about. So you'd be fighting a lot of fight for, which is still good, but. Well, and this is where maybe maybe consider the tactics of like a white council list or a uh, Thorin's company list where there's very small model count. So you're always going to be forcing a side. You're always going to be charging and retreating. You're never going to just engage a battle line straight on and allow combats to happen where they will. It'll be a little dart out here, a strike here, with the exception of Helm just charging straight in. The Warriors, I imagine, being very passive-aggressive, standing back, maybe two or three charge here, but everybody else stands back for counter-charging, and it's, it's going to be a very passive list behind Helm Hammerhand. Very cool. Well, and, and the other thing you said too, Mitchell, the Rohan... Royal Guards have the bodyguard rule, so they would be fearless. Because something I was thinking about was Angmar. Shocker, because I brought it up earlier. Having an army that just blows past all of those special rules, at least for a short period of time, uh, sounds incredible to me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I like it. I was it. a little bit slow to the draw, but this came up earlier and it applies to this list. So the difference between having your bonus on the charge, uh, plus one strength or not on the base warriors. Mm -hmm. So the uh, the dudes at Drawn Combat released a really neat thing that showed your statistics of wounding. So with four attacks, needing a six to wound, it's 51.8% chance of, of rolling a six. Now, if you have knocked the person over and you've got another person supporting it, you go up to six attacks. So then you go up to a 66.5% chance of wounding. Now, contrast that. If you had your army bonus and you only needed a five because of that, you're 80.2% chance of four attacks. And at six attacks, you're 91.2% chance of wounding. So did I hear so the right uh, 30% swing? basically so it's it's huge the army bonus clearly um i still think that if you do it right this just means that this is all about having uh base troops or foot troops involved in the combats to take advantage and that's how you mitigate it and the fact that you have spear supports that can now support in this list really help with that so you could potentially be throwing eight attacks on a knockdown opponent and then you're going to kill them having limited resources involved. That's a good pullout. I appreciate the reference there. I'm just... Yeah, this, this dude's at Drawn Combat. I love the statistics. If, if people haven't checked that out, I highly encourage you to do that. really makes you start thinking mathematically about your strategy. We could even put up another link, uh, maybe a reference back to their original post. I remember seeing it, but I don't have that link saved. So, Mitchell, I, I'm gathering you're not a big fan of that list on that one because the synergies of Helm and the Legendary Legion is about a tight bubble, and you think Marcus's numbers are too big to be able to accommodate that bubble? That would just be my worry. I don't think it's going to be too much of a problem. That would just be my biggest worry is, I mean, you do have, it's like a, technically it's like a 13 and a half inch circle of coverage you know including 
Helm's base plus the six inch to side to side, um, which does cover a lot more than you think. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I, I was just nitpicking. I could see it working. I could also see doing the plus one strength and giving up your two plus three might per turn. I could see both. <laughs> Do you know what I see, guys? I see I, I, I spend all this time. I buy all these models. I paint. I base them. I put them on a table. And my opponent brings a Rivendell archery list. Or chariots. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just cry and then go home. And then I never play Rohan again. Or 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 chariots. <laughs> or chariots. Or chariots. Oh, chariots. Yes. That would be awful. Or ants. And then I just, I, yeah. again, I pick up my models. I cry and I go home. Uh, Myers, Myers, what do you think about this? So obviously you haven't had a chance to look at these legendary list options. You haven't seen the profile except from what you just heard us talk about. What stands out to you as something that you'd be really excited to see or try? Um, and does this actually make you want to buy the, the supplement? That would be the ultimate plug. So after hearing kind of a rough draft of all three armies you guys threw, I honestly would go with mats. I obviously would, mo- I would modify it a few times, but uh, just bringing 40-plus models to an 800-point that that's what sold me right there, and you have Helm's special rule bonus. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that's the one I see taking taking the table. Not gonna lie. What I heard there is I'll take Matt's title, but then I'll change all the actual ingredients, and then it'll be good. <laughs> yeah, I want to go watch him play the first game to see if it actually works, and then I'll take it. No, but in all seriousness, uh, you're talking about that many cavalry, that many models with the strength and fight bonus uh you have that's protection for your hero so you can basically choose whatever fights because you can just put a bubble i see that's what i would do i'd have like a little squad that would follow him around and then when you want to just annihilate a certain hero you just surround him with cavalry and then everybody has throwing spears so you potentially run down the first line of wherever you go you have a chance to double kill so that's that's what i see the powerhouse of rohan i've always imagined cavalry with throwing spears i think this is the first time i've seen it actually put into a list and i'd be pretty scared if i saw that get put up against me not gonna lie so you know kind of closing this segment out my thoughts but i have always been a competitive list builder i've not been crazy about theme uh i just like something that'll do well on the table this is the first list that seems so thematic that Mm. Yeah, I would love to. I mean, even if it's a major tournament, having Helm Hammerhand on there bashing someone with his fist, I just love the idea of that. Hmm. Well, we made it all this time without actually talking about the model. We were talking about this before we went went on to recording. Coolest, hands down, coolest model Games Workshop has released. I second that right now. And I'm, uh, Mitchell I'm, Space, he's about to object. <laughs> Mitchell's a purist. He's saying the original elves, high elves. Yeah, the well, original not high captain elves. that was released back in 2004. The original fellowship. <laughs> no, no, it is the last alliance model. box set was incredible. No, just <laughs> <laughs> okay, boomer, get out of here. <laughs> oh, that was funny. All right, let's go yeah. on to our next. Let's go on to our next segment. Uh, which is guidance from the Valar. Check in your wallet. That's me on the dollar bill. I'm excited for this one. This is going to be a somewhat of a repeat from last week 
but what we're going to do is we're basically going to assume we just finished Myers, Matt, and I's take on this, and Mitchell is now coming to to provide his his rebuttal for what what's going on with the young Dwallin special rule. Um, so a quick refresh on what happened. We were looking at the profile for young Dwallin in the Army of the Hobbit, and we were trying to figure out why he has the weapon master special rule given his wear gear and given his his other profile so i'm not going to read through everything again um you can go back and listen to last week's episode we all said it was trash the way it was written yeah basically and mitchell didn't have a chance to join us but we knew ahead of time he has strong opinions to the to the contrary so (laughs) mitchell the floor is yours there's two parts to my answer (laughs) Number one, I, my, I completely misunderstood the question. I was listening to last week's and I was going, oh, crap. I completely misunderstood what they were talking about. Uh, so, but part I two agree is, with you guys. <laughs> I, part, part two, though, is I did come up with eh, not a good excuse, but at least an excuse for why it is. Uh <laughs> So I thought you guys were going to talk about the, why uh, I did not realize that young Dwalin did not have Burly as well, but why all the other Dwalin profiles have Burly plus Master Weapon, uh, which basically does the same thing. And my my point to that was, well, they all both those special rules have two parts to them, and those two special rules have one part that overlap each other. So the Burly allows you to get. Uh, no negative one to your dual roll. So does the weapon master. But in addition, the weapon master allows you to be unarmed and uh, but never count as unarmed, sorry. And then the burly allows you to pick up heavy objects as if they were light objects. So that's that's the point I was going to make. And then I realized my mistake because <laughs> young Dwalin does not have burly, nor does he have a two-handed weapon. And the only thing I can say to that is they're just trying to keep consistency across the profiles. That's the only thing. Other than that, you're right. You'd have to get two shatters off in order to make sure he's, unar- you know, t- and you're basically countering two shatters, which will never happen. Now, to what's the shatter rule? I'm assuming that's a power attack from a certain type of character. It is a, uh, it's a magical power that right now I think only the uh, Moria Black Shield uh, Goblin Shaman. Uh, has which basically you get to elect a piece of war gear which includes a banner which includes uh andural which includes any weapon and you get to say it's gone forever for the rest of the game really well it's almost like pretty good, the, pretty good spell in, in the movie when the witch king shatters gandalf's staff yeah. it's basically that spell for any piece of equipment it yeah. could be armor it could be a shield it could be a weapon it's kind of like your staff is broken, but yeah. in a sense that I'm surprised they only gave that to a Moria shaman. Like it's ridiculous. The Blackfield shaman had to have something. Yeah, <laughs> so it's so random. Like, let's make this dude the powerhouse. This dude's just going to be a freaking badass. <laughs> Little did we this know, is, he's one this of the is guys. how sales get boosted. <laughs> yeah, he's the dude that shoved his head in, in Moria. It's like taking yeah. a week. Guys, here's our monthly numbers. Moria's not selling this month. Like, what should we do? <laughs> Bring the shaman. Yeah. I Ancestor the of the Belrog. The Rolling yeah. Stones is playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. uh, so, Mitchell, 
would you correct his profile by taking 10 points off it, or would you remove Weapon Master and give him an extra point of might? Because uh, I would say keep the points as is, make him a three might hero, and let it go. I I could I could do that. Yeah, that would work for me. Uh, it, it's tough. Three might heroes are really really good, and this Weapon Master. Uh, so you're saying remove the Weapon Master, give him an extra point of might, or keep both and keep at the points level? I think Weapon Master on Young Dwellin is a completely worthless rule. He's not going to lose both weapons, and he doesn't have a two-handed axe. I would prefer to just give him a two-handed axe. And yeah, that's what I, that, 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 that would be the solution I would do, is just give him a two-handed axe option as a war gear. Okay. I'm going to play Devil's right. Advocate here. I, I, if you're going to fix a profile, I would prefer you not use a two-handed weapon. And the reason for that is it's almost like to fight for warrior troops. You're creating such a huge population of models that have these crazy special rules that it becomes less special. If you give another model a burly or a weapon master rule with that two-handed weapon... Even in that list, let's think it's you're gonna have Thorin, you're gonna have Thor, you're gonna have Thrain. You already have so much punching power. I much rather prefer the extra point of might to make him more of a, a super captain versus making him trying to turn him into a, a a meat grinder. The only thing I would say is just consistency across the profiles is what I'm going for. So all the other Dwellins have burly two handed weapons with the me- weapon master. And That's so right. the reason why I decided the two-handed weapon is just consistency across the profiles. But I can see your point. You don't want to muddy the waters. Well, my blood pressure is rising because I wanted to talk about it, but we talked about it for like an hour the last show, so I've had my chance in the mic. <laughs> <I'll> stand <laughs> fast. It's it's useless as is. I will agree. Yeah. I love well, that the was army a lot. Of <laughs> that was a lot faster of a segment than I was anticipating. <laughs> um. So let's go ahead and move on. This will be maybe a little bit more low-key. Celebrimbor's Forge, our next our next segment. So this is going to be basically highlighting what we're working on right now. This will give me cred, straight cred. And I wanted to kind of keep it narrowed. I know last time we talked about general projects and it was all of the things we were working on. I want to specifically focus right now on conversions. Um, it could be a conversion on a specific model, a warrior, maybe even an army. So broad definition of what that is, but I want to focus on that. Okay. Mitchell, you got a lot of stuff that you're working on right now. Any conversions? Uh, conversions that I'm working on right now? No, but I just finished the biggest conversion army I have ever done, uh, which I did... Uh, a King of Men, heavy armored on horse with lance and shield. I did a Rider of Rohan, which I made from a Helmlinga banner. And I did all the rangers who have spears and bows and swords. And I did uh, captains with capes. There's a lot of just little things that I added to the army There's a, that added up, but that was basically it. Walk us through what that king. So you've posted some pictures um, of this conversion. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most unique conversions I've ever seen. Walk us through what that king of men looks like. So this is this is your crazy list where you basically had Earl the Young with his 
um, historic Gondor alliances. Yeah, and uh, I was doing it for theme because I thought it would be fun, and I was surprised how competitive it was. But that's but originally my plan was I wanted to play King of Men, I wanted to play Earl, and I just did it because I honestly nobody else was doing it. So I did. I took a I had a bunch of old metal knights of Del Armroth. Uh, so I took, uh, half of that. I took the horse so that you had the armored horse, um, and then the armored torso. And then I had a couple extra Kings of men that I kind of spliced together. Uh, I added the, uh, Ministerial shield. I added the lance from the Knight of Del Armoth. And then I, uh, did my own, uh, sculpting for a cape to add to that, uh, mounted profile. And then for the foot version, I kind of just did the same thing. I added the cape and the half cape and just made it uh, unison, but across two different models. So you splice two models together, the old school Knight of Del Armroth and the old school King of Men, and then you custom built your own cape, which is incredible. I don't know how you freehanded that. Maybe you didn't. How did you build the cape? Uh, I, I basically, I rolled it out um, on a wet board cut it out to the proper size I wanted, uh, you know, pressed it to the back where I think it would be pinned to the model and then just kind of just sculpted it from there, rolled the edges to make it look like it was flowing in the wind and some creases here and there. There's green stuff, right? Or did you yes. use blue stuff? No, it was green stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Is this on the, this is on the Instagram page? Yes. He's, he's from leading the, the... Calibrant. Yeah, he's leading the Ministerith Warriors. And I I threw it on the table just to, you know, just to have fun, do something unique. And I was very surprised with how effective it actually was as an army. That's yeah, a beautiful, beautiful army, too. Thank you. Thank well, you. it's and it's snowy, too. So I guess maybe we'll, we'll digress a little bit from the conversions. But walk people through what the theme of this army was. So and you posted it to the IG account. So I did. want to check it out. In the yeah. That's good. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's too cool. Yeah, it's just snowy bases with a lot of tufts because um, I wanted to do snow because thinking about like uh, Gondor and, you know, at siege, I actually was thinking of Helm Hammerhand at the time, you know, how he was at siege a lot in the and is worse when he would go out in the middle of the night and with his fists and just go hunt, hunt everybody. Uh, but that was just kind of what I was thinking. I thought it'd be really cool. And as far as the colors I just was coming up with something that I thought would look really cool. So I did orange for the Rohan and green for Gondor kind of out of, out of character, but I thought it looked pretty cool. Awesome. Matt, what are you working on conversion wise? So um, I think we talked about, I just finished my Rohan. And so most of the conversion work there was putting spears on everything that I could to get the throwing spear effect done. Turned out pretty well. I just posted a little video of that to the Instagram account if people want to check it out. But uh, now what I'm getting ready to start on is I'm um, diving into my Corsair army. And so the Corsairs, the, the shooting comes from the Arbalesters and the throwing weapons. But I have two boxes of just Corsairs of Umbar, the basic warriors. And each of those comes with a bunch of archers just with normal bows that are basically worthless and the model that corsairs are missing is the reapers so what i'm doing is i'm building bases um actually got some off eric's hobby to make it 
look like the bases are on the deck of a pirate ship. Um, so I'm doing that, but I'm taking all of the bowmen and I'm converting them into reavers. So the, vi the vision is that a reaver will have a long sword in one hand and a short sword in the other. So they'll all be dual wielding and that's how you'll be able to see the reavers. So um, very, very early on, so no progress to post up or show anybody, but that is the conversions that are currently on the workbench. That's awesome. What I so I guess I just finished a conversion. I don't do a lot of conversions myself, so I don't know if I'll be able to participate in this segment going forward um, every time. But I had a specific idea of building a a Rivendell style old school elf list with some of the big lords of the West. Um, one of the figures that I wanted to use was Glorfindel. So there's the armored Glorfindel that you can buy on foot, but the problem comes is when you try to, you want to mount him, right? Obviously, because that mount is so good. Didn't have a model that actually had the heavy armor, the armor of Gondolin. So what I decided to do was actually take the really old Glorfindel who's just in robes on his horse and on foot and try to craft my own armor just using green stuff. So I tried to watch a couple of YouTube videos, then took some green stuff and just added really simple on the foot model. You can see it's almost like, I don't know what you call it, but the kind of from the belt down on the sides, some plate mail. And then uh, a little bit, the, the foot model is pretty protected. There's a lot of stuff going on, so there's not a lot of space to add armor. But I tried to add some chest plate, plate mail armor up top. And then I did the same thing to the mounted um, version, which had a little bit more open space because his pose was just different. Um, but again, the plate mail. And then the idea being, now I have a, a very unique and different version of a Glorfindel that I can use. The old, I just, I love the horse from the old version. And I think a lot of the conversions I've seen for Glorfindel take a Rivendell knight base. And you just use, what's the name of the horse? Is Asselhoff? Assel? Asphaloth. Yes, Asphaloth. It's such a, it's such a unique profile. It's like Shadowfax. It's a big name horse. And this model, the horse does seem a little bit bigger than the traditional plastic horses. Um, and just, it looked cool to me. So I was, I was pretty happy with it. I don't do a lot of conversions, so this was it was definitely out there for me. But it looked great. You did an, an amazing job with that. It was super fun. Very different. Very different. I like doing new stuff. So, Myers, we talked to, we talked a little bit about your armies last week. Do you have any conversions going on right now, other than what we covered last week? So yeah, no, I think we covered it all last week. We were doing the White Walkers, which was covered. But um, as far as conversions, I would just say for future plans, it would be maybe putting swords on my iron hills if I need it. I have them all with spears anyways, but I've seen some – or crossbows, I mean, excuse me, instead of – I know they sell the crossbow dudes differently, but if I made an army, it would be kind of implementing Matt's strategy, which is I would throw some crossbows into my supporting line and then shoot when needed. So awesome. 
find some crossbows, throw them over there. The conversions that I've been doing with my army of the dead to kind of make them look more possessed is I would take shields. This is kind of like a poor man's budget, but it worked out. I took like Numenorean shields from all factions. I would just ask people for shields. So I have like some elven shields. I have Numenor shields. I have orc shields. And so all of my ghosts are basically, if you're taken into the story, it's people we've killed and we've taken their armies and now they fight for me. So I'm going to kill you with your own army. That's really cool. That's an awesome theme. (laughs) I'm going to go check my bitbox. Do I have any shields left or did you (laughs) raid them all? (laughs) Too late. They're all gone. I swear I had more shields than this. Like, ooh, nice. And I'll even like take a, I was taking some, knives and just carving having some fun like drilling some cutting them out making them kind of chipped or rotted and then so you'll you will eventually see a solid shield but most of them are cracked or broken but i thought it was pretty cool that's awesome awesome great idea let's go ahead and jump into our last segment for today uh ask a newbie really such a noob I think this is going to be an This is my favorite part. (laughs) (laughs) This is, I think, is going to be an awesome question to kind of end on. Uh, Myers, you want to kind of lead this off. You had a question that you'd posed to the group ahead of time. I think you and Mitchell had a lot of of opinions on this one right off the bat. But you want to introduce us to this this topic today? Yeah, so basically the main topic would be... um, put you in my shoes so i'm fighting a force that is either monster made or is mainly based off a monster for example ints i played mitchell in an army i was using serpent horde and he was using tree beard and he had some of his ints and so question right off the bat was how do you effectively stop a monster from just tearing your front lines apart basically like joe shredding and so <laughs> I've heard some I've heard some strategies thrown out there that kind of went over my head, but you guys, I've heard kind of the topic of using a control zone, so I think it's something to do with that. But I don't know. I wanted to hear what your guys's effective strategies, so I don't just because what ends up happening is I change my strategy when I see a monster come on because now I'm worried about that thing just killing everybody. So I want to know if there's an effective way to maintain obviously you're not going to be able to control a monster but i guess control the chaos in a sense i bring smog go ahead guys this is this is a really good question because i don't know that i'm able to effectively maintain my strategy if i'm playing a monster heavy army it always morphs so i'd be curious to hear what you guys say i think each monster army is completely different in how you play it. We have one guy in the Seattle group. He loves, he does an amazing job with Radagast Alliance and he uses that to great effect. Um, So I think that plays completely different. I put a lot of thought into Ents, um, trying to make them work. They're really, really tough, I think, but uh, I think they have a lot of fun factor, which is why I was doing it. Um, But I think it, it, it honestly depends on the monsters you're facing. Uh, trolls, I'm not as scared of, to be honest, because it's so easy to just throw a model into them and break the army and watch them run away. 
uh, good monsters, I think, are a little more tough. All right, so let's uh, let me break it down then one step farther to try to hone our question in. Um, and then Marcus, I think you were going to say something on that. But before I get distracted, when you alter your plan, because what ended up happening was I just happened to win the rolls of the dice. And I don't think it's effective to base a strategy off luck of the dice. because I think that's a shaky way to play. Um, it happened to work out for me, but is that kind of what you guys are going off of? Let's use Ents as my example. So are you going to try to throw a, a warrior out there and hope that he doesn't barge or throw him and hurl him at your lines? Or what are you guys, what are you guys doing with that? I think, uh, I think it's a, I know this is pretty cliche, but it depends a lot on the scenario of what my goal is. Um, if it's Lords of Battle, that's really, really tough to go up against in an Ent army. If it's uh, Reconnoiter, obviously, or Seize the Prize even, that's a little bit different. Uh, I think generally, I would just probably throw as few models into them as possible. Um, take on the weakest ones one by one. Um, make sure you're just making sure that Hurl is really, really hard to line up, especially for a monster army that's not as mobile and does not have as much might to throw around. So you probably will have the positioning on them to be able to make sure they don't have Hurl slash Barge readily available. So I think, I think there's a lot of different ways you can go with it. Be curious to see what everybody else thinks. I, I vote that we take this on like a, a super specific narrow point to start and then maybe zoom out from there because obviously Mitchell you're, you're totally right the different monster profiles whether good or evil are going to present so many different challenges let's maybe create a mock scenario right now so let's maybe say we have a int against this Harad battle line you're on a flank it doesn't really matter what the scenario is let's just say these these two forces have found themselves in conflict so what's a generic strategy to try and counter the fact that you have this int against some really weak defensed Haradrim warriors? Are you asking for my strategy first? Yeah. Being Harad or being the ents? Being Harad, I'm assuming, right? Being Harad, yeah. I would throw one warrior in uh, to combat with the ents. And then I would throw one warrior behind that is not in support, that is not involved in the combat in any way. So that protects you against barge. So basically, even if they're barge, they can't go anywhere with it. And then I would focus solely on the weakest model and work my way down. So Ent Warrior models obviously are the weakest because they don't have that might. They still have the bludgeon. So I would... Focus on the Ent Warrior models first and wait for them to not roll a six. Same problem that the Balrog has. Wait for it to not roll a six. Um, and then trap, kill, and then move on to the next one. But basically what you're doing is you got to set up that first initial line. you got to tie up the other Ents, the tree beards, the quick beams, the beach bones. you got to tie them up. Then you got to set up a wall behind that so that even if they barge, even if they hurl, even if they combat, they still have nowhere to go to help out and relieve. That's a really good, really good call out. Myers, I would really mirror what Mitchell just said with maybe one exception. So if you're facing an all-hero army, 
like the scenario with the ends. Focus on what you can more likely than not kill right away. So for the models that you're not targeting, so I would definitely pick a monster that you want to target and try to focus down. For all of the other ones, use the strategy where you're trying to charge as few models as possible and then shield block or body block so that the monster can't just win the fight and barge away into your battle lines. Now, we're trying to describe this with words, and it's it's hard without being able to use visuals, but are you familiar with the barge special rule, Myers? Yes. Okay. And so if, you, if you're able to charge and then place somebody right behind it so that even if the, the barge goes off, you can't go anywhere past the model that you put right behind. So I, I've seen people basically line up. So they charge one model in, let's say it's a troll size base. They charge one model in and they put another model right next to that charging model, but a millimeter away from the monster. So if you barge, your guy that got barge goes three inches back and the troll can only advance a millimeter forward before he hits the, the other friendly. Oh, okay. So that basically counteracts the heroic combat or barging ability. And then for the, all the non-hero monsters, you're going to want to try and uh, get your striking heroes. So obviously there's going to be at least one, I would assume, one hero in your force that has the strike ability. You're going to want to try to migrate that hero to whatever monster you're focusing on so that way you can strike up have the fight value advantage hopefully trap him and then try and kill that monster all in one turn so you're basically trying to gang up in a way that you are almost guaranteeing you'll get the win on the fight and you'll be able to kill the monster in one turn and then refocus your effort somewhere else while stalling out everybody else okay so when you're attacking models into that, you would take the hero in last, right? Because you don't want to charge him in and all your warriors fail a courage test? Yeah, that's assuming monsters have terrifying special rule. Absolutely. I would, I would charge enough supporting models, warrior models, into the combat to guarantee a trap or guarantee a decent amount of rolls. And I'm going to assume my hero has a, fight, a courage value high enough to where he's not going to fail a courage test. Um, obviously that'll depend on what army you're using, but let's say you're taking helm. Helm is going to be basically an auto pass because of his high courage value. You want to charge him in last because you don't want to be in a situation where you charge your hero first and then you have some unlucky rolls back to back to back. And then yeah. it's basically a hero versus a monster. It's just tempting fate for a bad roll to happen. The monster to turn around and rend you. And then your whole day is just like, uh, what? Yeah. So t charge your warriors, guarantee you have the numbers advantage, then charge your hero. Because at worst case, then you, you can charge your hero somewhere else, right? I will say there is nothing more satisfying with Ents than to have Helm <laughs> charge in. You to win that fight, pick Helm up as his bludgeon and smack him into six other dudes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be depressing. Winning lose, Harry. I just love doing this. <laughs> That's my general thought. Matt, what, what do you what do you think? Honestly, I don't have a lot to add. Um, I think you guys really described it pretty well. Just situational. Other than the fact that we're going to have to come back at some point and talk about the uh, the trolls. I, I'm convinced there's a way to make trolls work, but I have yet to make it uh, happen <laughs> they lose for me every time <laughs> but i keep trying stubbornly persistence is key 
Well, guys, that's all of our segments. Uh, I don't know if you have any final closing comments. It's been a it's been a blast. I'm yeah, excited it's good to kind of having Mitchell on. I think it uh, brings a good dynamic. So our podcast is finally matching the description that we were we we're trying to write for brothers. <laughs> yes. Not three. So. We'll Thanks, change guys. The, the, we'll change the narrative. Three to four brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Three yeah. to four brothers. <laughs> All right. Have a good night.